standing. Wait for it. There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And today, we have a lot to talk about, Chuck. I think this is a first for us. We talked about it off air. But this is a first for us that we're doing a G-rated movie preview and a R-rated movie preview in the same episode. Yeah. And if the thing is, like, most people don't think it has anything to do with each other. It doesn't. But we're going to make it work. Oh, no, they both have everything to do with each other because we're talking Toy Story and Chucky and they're toys and they're both toy based movies, which is a very, very fun thing to talk about. And it kind of gets your your juices flowing for potential spinoffs and other other toys that deserve TV shows and movies. But uh, we also had a Comic-Con over the past weekend that we need to talk about. We hyped it up in our previous episodes that we were going to Wizard World Philadelphia and uh, we are back to report on that, Chuck, because uh, I went three days, you went one day, Tom went one day. And uh, I think the last time we recorded, we talked about, you know, the big guests like Ted Danson and Marina Baccaron, Ben McKenzie, Tony Danza, Eddie Furlong, all these characters. Uh, and then right after we re- got finished recording, Marina Baccaron and Ben McKenzie canceled. Yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah, and... The tone of the con, we had gone to this con. We've been to Wizard World, God, for five years. We talked about this. All the people that we've met, I've gone to Wizard World in three different cities, uh, two in Pennsylvania, one in uh, Louisiana. And I have a great time at Wizard World. It's a it's a fun little time. Uh, it gets bigger every time we go. The guest list gets bigger, at least every time that we've went. This one kind of didn't sit well with the fans, this guest list. No, no it really didn't. It was a lot of nostalgia. Ted Danson, they added Tony Danza, Eddie Furlong again, uh, Carrie Yules, George Went had a big nostalgia feeling. Uh, it's a con where everybody will know your name. Yeah. But their big guests, in my mind, were Morena and Ben. And having them canceled, it definitely soured the entire experience for a lot of people. Um, it really suffered from a lot of cancellations. And I, you can't blame the con for that. I think a lot of people on social media and at the con were very frustrated and they were like, oh, why didn't like they were talking to staff like, why, why couldn't you get these guys? They don't do that. So I'm not going to hold that against them. People have lives and when they have their lives and it comes into play and it, cancellations happens, it happens. Sucks that Ben McKenzie and Marina Baccarat canceled like two days before the con because now you really can't scramble for anybody. Yeah. And not only that, there's people that travel from – you know, you can book hotels and stuff like that. And two days before, it's like, well, you're kind of stuck. Yeah, com- Comic-Cons are kind of like a, a risk because you, if you do travel, like I drove to Wizard World New Orleans with Chelsea a few years ago to meet Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner. Had one of those canceled mid-flight or mid-drive for me, uh, I would have been frustrated for sure. Uh, it would have soured my experience uh, at Wizard World. But I couldn't. I can't blame Wizard World for that because they get they secure the names and the talent is subject to change. It says it, so I'm not going to blame it for that. So going into it, I went on Thursday, and Thursday is usually a, a very slow day for the cons, and this was just like every other Thursday at the con. But the environment was very engaging. Uh, everybody that was there had a lot of fun in my mind, and I went the rest of the week, other than Sunday when you went. But the thing I will say is. It was very engaging. It was fan friendly. Mm-hmm. I really liked the the organization of the the floor this year because every time I thought I'd seen everything, there was a new new member in Artist Alley table that I missed, or like another deal vendor in the other side of the room that I missed. And the panels were all upstairs, which was great. So it didn't really just it didn't limit your experience on the floor. I really thought you know the organization on the floor was great, uh, and it kind of made up for the lack of guests in my mind because there was a lot of new stuff that I hadn't seen at the the comic cons before. I haven't seen a beef jerky uh stand. No. No, I I wanted to get some, but we didn't. They had the insectatorium there. I think Franklin Institute was there. There was a lot of Philly flavor going on in there and I really liked that. I liked that they reached out and got these organizations from Philadelphia to go in there. The cosplay was on point this year. Yeah, it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot when we went. I guess because, you know, Saturday is a bigger day for cosplay, fr- Friday and Saturday. No, Saturday they had the um, the contest. So you definitely, you mi- dude, you missed some of the best cosplay that I've seen in the Philadelphia area. 
Sunday, we've we seen some. Um, I mean, the best cosplayer was AG Cosplay, who is part of the Active Geek. Shameless plug. You know, she, she brought her uh, Black Canary again. Uh, did a great job. She did, uh, you know, she was part of the kids cosplay contest hosted by the one and only Kato Kalen. But uh, I didn't see a whole lot of other cosplayers. There were some, but not a whole lot. Oh, there were some really good ones. Uh, tons of anime cosplays. And I don't know much about anime, but I know that I saw a bunch of the plushies and posters and paintings of these characters that these uh, these men and women were cosplaying as. And they were on point. Uh, I saw a really good Loki cosplay that just so happened to be on the train ride back to New Jersey with uh, me, Binks, and Tom. So that was pretty cool. There was a lot. There was ta- um, Night Mage was there. He's a famous cosplayer. He cosplayed as come on my favorite taskmaster which was awesome oh really yeah our boy peter was there from great philadelphia comic-con saw him walking around it was always good to see him it was it was really cool and uh a friend of mine olga from you know when i did movies only society was there two days and she was cosplaying oh cool what was she cosplaying as she did black canary on sunday when you were there and okay. she was chun Li on Saturday. And her cosplays were on point, I will say that. Uh, besides the cosplay, I, I don't know if you sat in on any panels, but I sat on a great panel on Thursday by uh, Jean-Paul de Jong um, from blackerberryjuice.net. It's a fantastic website. But he talked about his comics and like how to draw. He has a comic that I immediately thought of you. It's called Sons of Fate. And it's following a samurai from Japan and the uh, Tokugawa period. That gets okay. shipwrecked off the coast of Africa and has to learn how to survive in the jungle. That sounds awesome. And get this. This guy, Jean-Paul, wrote it, drew it, colored it, and lettered it. I'll have to check it out. Sons of Fate? Sons of Fate, but it's on blackerberryjuice.net. Blackerberryjuice.net. I don't think I can forget that website. Yeah, like the blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good it's a good little thing. And then our friends over at Source Point Press were there, and they had uh, Bob Sealy or Bob Sally, uh, who does Ogre and Stan Kanopka from the Rejected. Uh, and I stopped by and said hello to those guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun there too. Um, overall, I uh, if I were, I'm going back next year. This didn't sour my yeah. my experience. I'm definitely going back next year to Wizard World. I want to go to another one this year. Uh, overall, what I would do is I would probably if I were looking for guests next year i wouldn't hedge my bet on all the big ones i would also bolster the the smaller guests yeah uh for for the fandom and not just uh who's on netflix and who's on amazon i would go more for um kind of like what some other cons do around and if they're gonna do a get one star from the show try and get as many stars as they did last year they had diggle and matt ryan and uh wild dog from from arrow they had all those guys it would be nice to see that um overall i'm very happy with my experience at wizard world i can't wait to go back for sure it's uh already i think it's june 11th 12th and 13th next year yeah i've seen that that's crazy um i'll definitely go back i always enjoy wizard world um this year i did even though i met him last year i got a autograph and picture with kevin conroy yeah that, how big was that i was excited because i was like i looked at my wife and said I'm going to go meet Kevin Conroy. So I got a, got his autograph, and I uh, talked to him for a little bit and told him that I met him last year and um, talked about sitting in that uh, round table. And during our interview, we he brought up the um, his 9-11 story, and I told him how it was very touching, and he, he thanked me, and um, he was really nice. Is, is he still mad at me from my misrepresentation of his role in Batman Animated Hush? He did say he goes, "Oh, I do remember that." And some, some idiot. I knew it. Asked about ba- uh, Batman Hush. I knew it. No, nah, he didn't say anything. I knew he, he would. He, I knew he'd remember me. But um, he was very nice. You know, it was brief, but uh, I, I, I got a picture with him, and um, you know, I got his autograph and his. You know, he signed it to Chuck. I am Batman, Kevin Conroy. Which he is. He so. is our Batman. Go back and yeah. listen to that episode. Uh, that was fantastic. I will say that the next con that they have is in Pittsburgh, and the number one get that they have so far is Zachary Levi. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be awesome. Here's the thing, uh, to kind of talk about that for a second. They posted Zachary Levi was going to be their headliner there 
like the day before the con started. I, th- I think it was a little bad timing on their part because people in the Facebook, Facebook comments and Instagram comments were pissed. So maybe next time, wait until the con's over to post your, your A-lister yeah. uh, for another city in the same state. Yeah. I don't know. And, it, you know, that was right, that was right after uh, Ben McKenzie and Maria Bachron dropped out. So it was like, and it's not really their fault, but. No, it isn't their fault. They they can't make this, they, you know, contracts are contracts and people break contracts and that's how it is. Um, I will say that uh, Zachary Levi's on my bucket list of people to meet before he was Shazam. So if he ever comes to Philly and maybe next year, I would love to see him at Wizard World. I would also love to see the cast of Umbrella Academy at Wizard World. If I'm out here talking about guests, I'd like to see them. Even the cast of The Boys. I, they've had Carl Urban there before. I'd like to see Carl Urban and the cast of The Boys there. So that's where I'm at. I'm excited for Wizard World. I'll probably go to another one this year. Can't make Pittsburgh, but I'm uh, definitely probably going to go to another one this year. But Chuck, it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of our episode. Let's start kid-friendly. Yeah. I'm going to take away the parental advisory for this episode, at least for this half. I'm not going to curse. I'm going to do very good. At least I'm trying. I'm going to try. <laughs> They announced that we were going to get a fourth story of the Toy Story franchise. I feel like they announced that D23 like three or four years ago because that's how long it takes to make these movies. Animation's hard. I get it. When they announced this, where were you? I honestly, like, I didn't think it was needed. Likewise. Because at first, you know, because that was the whole thing with Toy Story 3. It was kind of the ending. And it was a proper send-off when... You know, Bonnie kind of adopted them, and it was like, okay, they're going to live out their life with Bonnie. I cried at that moment, not going to lie. That was a tearjerker. You know, when Andy brings the box over to Bonnie and drops it off, like, it was kind of like a farewell. And I was like, okay, that was a good send-off. That was a good movie. Boom, it's over. So when they announced it, I was like, eh, do, do we really need another Toy Story? Now, I love the, the franchise. I think it's great. But I was like, do we really need to rehash this? Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I kind of feel like they've, after Toy Story 2, they kind of ended it. And every was everybody was happy. And then Toy Story 3 came out, and I was like, ooh, we love Tom Hanks. Tim Allen's funny. We know these characters. And then Toy Story 4 comes out, and I'm like, wow, are, are they really beating a dead horse with this? Turns out they're not, because people are tuned into it. They're very excited. I personally think that this is a really good marketing ploy for Toy Story Land in Orlando. Yeah. And you know what? That Toy Story Land is awesome. I'm sure it is. I follow somebody on Instagram who was able to attend the premiere down in Orlando and talk to the cast, which I need to find out how she does it. But uh, it looks super dope. It's a part of the, you know, I haven't been to Disney World since I was 18. So we're going on 14 years here convincing Chelsea to take me there because I'm a man child, I want to go there. I, I know they don't do Andy's coming and they all drop to the floor anymore because that gets repetitive. But uh, I, I really do think that this is a, a good marketing ploy for them. And it's also fi- a really good send off because they're, you know, we're going to talk about this later, but they're saying we're not doing sequels for a very long time. And this could have been another Cars movie and I would have been out. I would have been done with this. But I, I'm, I'm fairly excited for this, to be honest with you. Uh, it looks good. They got the original cast. Now, had Tim Allen gotten in trouble or Tom Hanks gotten in trouble, I don't think they would have been able to do this movie, but they've added some people too. But in your mind, you're a Pixar, you're a Disney guy. Is Toy Story the best franchise that Pixar has? I think so. I mean, it's a $1.9 billion franchise for the first three movies. Yeah. And it it warranted its own land in Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you know, a movie itself, not like universe like star wars land that's kind of a universe yeah. toy story is toy story and yeah you know, and go back to the land like it was one of the coolest things i've ever experienced when i went to disney back in december it was it was awesome you're just rubbing it in rub it in keep going tell me how much i'm missing <laughs> anyway um so the four movies not only made a, or the first three movies and this one will probably make a lot of money. Not only they're financially, they're critically some of the best movies ever made. Yeah. So Toy Story and Toy Story Two, a hundred percent. Yep. And Toy Story Three is ninety eight percent, and as of we're recording, Toy Story Four is at ninety eight percent. Yeah. 
It, it debuted at 100%. Like, as soon as the score was revealed, it was 100%. But, you know, there's people out there who have to be uber critics. Yeah. And they're like, I hate Disney, so I'm going to give it a 98%. So to have, you know, what's the, what is it, 99.5% something average for the foreign movies is phenomenal. Yeah. And not only that, but like I said, you know, if this makes another billion dollars, it could be a $3 billion franchise. Do you think that this is a billion dollar movie right here? Yeah, I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, Toy Story 3 was, and I think this is going to be just as just as big. Makes sense. We might get $2 billion movies back to back with this and Spider-Man coming out in July. I don't think Spider-Man is going to make a billion. Really? Post-Avengers? Find out what goes on, and they're introducing the multiverse? I think it's I mean, and it's coming out on a holiday weekend. I think it's going to make a lot. I think it's going to be close, but I don't know about. Oh, I don't know, man. Billion. It's again. It goes back to that Ant Man and Wasp and kind of Captain Marvel thing. It's all about that end credit scene. They're saying that the end credit scene in Spider Man, and I know that's our next episode, but they're saying that the end credit scene in Spider Man sets up the MCU for Phase Four, which could be huge. So I don't think people yeah. aren't going to stay home for that. And this looks, I mean, it looks great. It's post Iron Man spoilers. Anybody who hasn't seen Avengers Infinity or Endgame, which is going back in theaters, but um, uh, yeah, I think I think we got two billion dollar movies on there. Uh, to the original question, I think I agree with you. Uh, this is definitely the best franchise that Pixar has. Uh, also, it's got a 25-year track record, so it's really well ahead of the other franchises that they have in their, their arsenal. And not only that, it it branches generations. Yeah, exactly. It's it's my childhood to, to Alana's childhood. Um, it's definitely leaps and bounds further than... Cars and the Finding Nemo franchises, yeah. Ratatouille, which I love, Up, which I love, Wally, which is I'm indifferent, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely the best, and uh, I don't think it's gonna I don't think this is gonna tarnish that repu- uh, you know that reputation or that legacy because uh, it looks great. They've introduced all these new characters. They have a really cool premise now that we're gonna talk about, uh, which involves a new toy called Forky. Uh, when he joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside new and old friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. So given that little blurb that IMDb sponsors us with, what do you think of the premise? I like they kind of take it on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, they've traveled before, like to the, the toy barn and to Pizza Planet and stuff like that. But like they're actually like in an RV on a road, go to a carnival. Which is really cool. Yep, we see Ducky um, and Bunny. Yeah, I can't wait for Ducky and Bunny. Um, but you know, I like it because it they kind of take this Forky under their wing, and he's just a you know, he's literally a fork. Um, yeah, he's made in an art class. Yeah, and he comes to life, and it was kind of it's kind of cool to see that, and um, you know, they're very protective over him. So it, it's it's a cool story. It's different. It's not what I would expect, but um, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's a rescue movie designed or disguised as a kids movie. Uh, it looks like Bo Peep is like the Scarlett Johansson of this universe. Yeah, like she's using her like her little bow staff, like as an actual bow staff. Uh, she goes in like combat mode, which is cool. You got Forky and, or not Forky, you got Ducky and Bunny out there attacking the elderly. Uh, it also looks like they're taking their roads and their talents to Canada, where we meet Duke Kaboom. Uh, I'm very happy with it. I think it looks a lot of fun. I- I'm going to see it in theaters. This is going to be the probably the first Toy Story I've seen since to- Toy Story 2 in theaters. I-, I didn't see the last one in theaters. Uh, but let's talk the new cast and characters. We have returning uh, Tom Hanks as Woody, Buzz Lightyear as Tim Allen, Andy Potts plays Bo Peep, Tony Hale is joining the the, uh, the army of toys as Forky, uh, Key from Key and Peele is going to play Ducky, you got Madeline McGraw as Bonnie, Christina Hendricks as Gabby Gabby, Jordan Peele as Bunny, Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, you got Allie Mackey, she's playing Giggle McDimples, so many other characters that are going to be in this, Kristen Shaw's in it. Joan Cusack, Wallace Shawn, John Ratzberger, uh, Ratzenberger, so many people. Uh, even Blake Clark is coming back. I didn't even think he was still alive, but he, he's back. 
and he's playing Slinky Dog. So what do you think about the new cast and uh, characters? Um, I love it. You know, uh, of course, we get all the returning cast members. And um, like you were saying with Christian Shaw, she technically hasn't been in a movie, but she's been in um, animated shorts. So she was she was in uh, Toy Story: The Time Forgot. I don't know if you ever seen that. No. And it was all about dinosaurs, and she was like the main draw. And then um, Carl Weathers <laughs> is he in this? Who is he's reprising his role from the uh, another? Oh short yeah, his Combat to- Carls. Combat Carl, and he was in Toy Story of Terror. Um, and you know that's great. Uh, the one thing I'm excited. Did you see some of the? older comedians that are going to be in this movie uh don rickles well no well he's dead yeah but he's in it yeah but they're using archive footage but i'm talking about um so mel brooks carol burnett betty white and carl reiner yeah and alan oppenheimer is going to be in it as well yeah and the name so mel brooks's name is Melephant brooks yeah uh coral burnett bitey white and carl rhinoceros which is awesome yeah and i'm sure they're just gonna have very very small parts but it's really cool to give these comedy legends you know a spot in a disney lore yeah and they they also bring in like old uh newer talents too they got patricia arquette well not newer but patricia arquette's in it bill Hader, timothy dalton's in it he plays uh mr pickle pants which is what they called me in high school uh and then mr pickle pants is great he's did you ever see him yeah he's uh from toy story 3 and he's just a hedgehog with like german lederhosen and then flea is in it too you can't can't go wrong with flea yeah i'm excited for it man but it the let's let's not beat around the bush here keanu reeves is in this and uh yeah that's the the biggest selling point and he's been in the the news for the past what seems to be 17 years but uh he john wick came out we did we did an episode on it galaxy wars covered it it's fantastic movie then he does this they announced that he's playing duke kaboom canada's greatest stuntman which is fantastic. And now Kevin Feige comes out and confirms that they're recruiting Keanu Reeves to the MCU. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And which also brings me to um, an idea. Uh, there's an IGN article came out today with eight characters that Keanu Reeves can play in the MCU. Okay. Um, I, I looked it over. I agree with some. I don't agree with others. Um, I also looked at one that they did for John Boyega, and it seems like it's kind of copy and paste. So I'm a little leery with that. Uh, but the first one is what was rumored about two weeks ago that he was going to be joining the Eternals, and he was going to be playing Druig, uh, which yeah, I did see that. Kind of looks like it. It's the cousin of Icarus, which would be Richard Madden's character when he confirms it. Uh, looks like kind of looks like a vampire. He's morally ambiguous. He's a killer. Makes sense. It's like John Wick just coming in. Uh, and just being godly, uh, they have him as the Mandarin, like the actual Mandarin. Where do you stand with that one? Because I know the Mandarin is a touchy subject with you. Where do you stand with that? No. No? Oh, I, nope. I'd like to see Keanu as a bad guy, though. Yeah, so would I, but I just, I don't know. Not the Mandarin. Okay. What about Moon Knight? That would be awesome. I don't think it would ever happen. I don't know, man. They've been talking about Moon Knight for since Phase Two, and the Russo. I mean, he would, he would he would be amazing as Moon Knight. He's been talked about in every single MCU television show that was on Netflix. All that Defender Universe. The Russos have talked about that they want to get him, and if they bring Keanu in as Moon Knight, that's another way to get the Russos back to MCU. And like, yeah. it's not like they left, but they're doing their own ventures, like Twenty One Bridges and all this stuff. It'd be really cool for them to direct a Moon Knight series. And what better way to cast Moon Knight with as the most popular actor right now to combat the disappointing casting of DC's Batman? Yeah, true. It makes sense. Um, I'd be on board with that one. The other one that they did was Kang the Conqueror. Huh. Paint him purple. Put a helmet on him and make him cosmic. I can't picture that. I mean, it you would just it would just be kind of like what they did with uh Thanos, I would imagine. Yeah, Kang's no. a big character. I wouldn't wouldn't think that they would go 100% practical. I think they would have to doll him up a little bit. What about this villain? Craven the Hunter. No. Mm-mm. I don't think he's, he's big enough s- for Craven the Hunter, and I still want Gerard Butler as Craven the Hunter. He's too skinny. I mean, it would give him a reason to get bigger, but 
I mean, look at John Wick. John Wick's a an average framed man, and he goes out there and just takes on the entire world. I feel like Keanu can do anything. The next one, I don't think he, I would want him to do, and that's Silver Surfer. No. Right? What I, the hell? I, I, this is IGN, man. Uh, the other one was the Beyonder. Could you imagine Keanu with the jerry curl? I, well, that's my favorite hairstyle, but no. <laughs> um, the Beyonder, the, the, the image that they used, actually looks like David Hasselhoff with black hair. So uh, why not just, just him. yeah, just bring him back. Um, and then the last one, I believe the last one was Adam Warlock, which is something that I've talked about before, uh, I believe on here and galaxy wars. I think that that would be a smart move. You get him right into 2022 when guardians three comes out, it would be a smart move to do that. Where do you stand with that? I would be okay with that. And because also too, I think Adam Warlock would He's kind of like a cold personality, and I think that would fit Keanu Reeves. Um, and he's a good kind of like a he's a good and bad guy. Yeah, it would make sense. And he's supposed to be the perfect man, and I think Keanu Reeves is the perfect man. <laughs> That's what a lot of people think out there. Yeah, right now. he's current man crush right now for me, at least. Um, speaking of man crushes, this kind of segues to another thing. Did you hear about uh, Jason Momoa saying he wants to be Wolverine? Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it either, but I do like him as Sabretooth. No, Sabretooth would be great. I think he's too big for Wolverine. I just, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you can't have him do Aquaman and then be Wolverine. It's two different components. Uh, Sabretooth, all, all, however, I would love to see him as Sabretooth. I think he fits that bill. Yeah, definitely. Or, or even Craven. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, he's got the Craven look. Craven, Craven would work. And he's not as, you know kind of sketchy as gerard butler so although gerard butler's new movie angel is down or angel has fallen i don't know how that franchise keeps going but it keeps going dude they put that trailer up in front of john wick and i was like they're making another one yeah like i didn't realize that happened i I don't keep up with that franchise let's go back to toy story a franchise that we do keep up on uh that are introducing new characters and new new premises but what do you think about the footage uh footage looks great you know one now, one of my favorite scenes is uh, Ducky and Bunny when they do the, what is it, the plush something. They attack June Squibb. Yeah. That's just, that's who's playing that woman is June Squibb. And it, it looks great. Uh, footage looks great. You know, um, Duke Boom looks hilarious. Yeah, I'm going to get his pop figure. I'm going to put <laughs> it right next cool. to John Wick and John Constantine. That'd be awesome. Do you realize that Keanu Reeves has played at least five Johns? He's he's a very good John actor. <laughs> Yeah. Which is amazing. There's other ones out there. There was a whole list, but I can't remember. But he he has uh, he has played a lot of Johns. But yeah, you know, with the footage, like, again, I like when they go on the road trip. That's really cool. Um, I like that it's in a carnival setting. I think there's a, I think that's where we're going to see a lot of the um, the classic comedians like Betty White and Carl Reiner. Yeah, you think they're, they're like zip tied to the fence? Yeah, some, you know, they're going to be prizes that you can win. It would be really cool. But, Do you um, think that they're in America or Canada? I think they're in America. So how does Duke Kaboom come in there with the the biggest Canadian stuntman? He's a toy. He can be imported. He can be bought. Are, when was the last time you bought a Canadian stuntman toy? Last week. Yeah? What was yeah. his name? The Maple Mamba? No, Guy. Just Guy. Guy. Yeah. Okay. He's from South Park. He's Terrence and Phillips' friend. <laughs> I think. I think they... They travel to Canada. Okay. And that's where they meet Duke Kaboom. Which would be great, man. Span this out. Build a Disneyland North in Canada and make <laughs> it a lot of fun in Toronto. I mean, what does Toronto have going for him right now? Kawhi's leaving. Yeah. You know, all they got is Drake. So build a Disney World up there. I mean, they also have Stephen Amell, which is a he's an, a country treasure. Again, the footage looks fantastic. It looks like they don't skip a beat. No, I do really. enjoy the, the Ducky and Bunny stuff. I think that was a great get to get both of them because you're essentially getting an animated g version of key and peel they were my pick for timon and pumbaa i thought that i'm still surprised that they weren't timon and pumbaa maybe it just it, you know jordan peel had a lot of stuff going on so maybe it kind of kind of interfered with his schedule there but they just released the trailer and seth rogan and billy eichner sound pretty great in it yeah they do and uh, beyonce I'm... sings in it fantastic i'm so upset Anyway, well, could have been worse. Um, not really. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But uh, 
you know, I I like what they did with um, Bill Eggner and um, Seth Rogen, but I really like that we're getting uh, Key and Peele in a Pixar movie. So it's awesome. Yeah, it was a good way to circle back there. Lying, I didn't know where you were going for a second which, when you were going back with The Lion King. I thought you were going to start complaining about it. But uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we move into the adult territory with Child's Play is, like I said, Pixar comes out and says, we're done making sequels for the near future. So no more cars, no more finding dories, nothing. We're going to focus, we're moving onward. And their first movie that comes out is Onward. Uh, kind of looks like a G version of Dungeons and Dragons with uh, yeah. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. That looks awesome. And then they released, I believe it was yesterday, that the next one that comes out 2020, they're releasing two, uh, is called Soul. And it's uh, New York to the cosmos. It's a very like, what do you want out of life? It answers all of life's questions. Um, are you nervous or excited that we're not going to get recognizable franchises and other installments of stories that we knew? Um, and we're just going to get the new ones. I'm I'm not mad at it because, you know, I love original and new ideas. So the fact that, you know, a lot of these Pixar movies were original when they came out 15, 20, 25 years ago. Um, and, you know, give way to other creators and other writers to make their own original stories. And maybe one day, like Onward, might be the next big franchise that has, you know, in seven years have another sequel like you know give give way to other creators out there to uh branch out yeah i agree i mean i can't be mad at it either we on the podcast always talk about living in reboot culture and remake culture and and sequel culture um and we always are kind of clamoring for for new blood and new stories and i think that's what we're going to get and pixar has been synonymous for that and getting these brand new franchises out there and they really take risks, and they haven't failed yet, knock on wood. Um, even, like, that little short bow, I thought that was beautiful. I hated it. Was, it was weird. Of course you hated it. But you, it was it was weird, but it was beautiful and touching, and it won a, an Oscar. So it obviously resonated with a bunch of people. They take risks, and they, they make a very inclusive world where everybody is, feels wanted and loved and cared for. And I really, I really am happy, and I'm looking forward to Onward and the announcement of Soul, which can kind of like help maybe help save the world. Who knows? Maybe Disney will start making an eco-friendly movie to kind of get people to kind of stop using plastic bags and plastic bottles and straws and kind tell them that climate change is real and pollution is. You know, I don't want to get on the high on that soapbox, but I think that that would be a good step for them to do either. Uh, but I'm also excited for what they're doing, man. I, uh, I don't care about the sequels to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I don't like the Cars franchise at all. So I know you don't. the next time they want to dust off that chestnut, I'm not going to be there for it. Uh, I do like Ratatouille. I do like Up, but how? What's the the sequel to Up? Down, where he's just floating down for two hours. Yeah, I, I don't, don't need. I don't really need to see those stories. So the fact that they're bringing in new stuff is exciting. Uh, it can be nerve wracking because you don't know this property, and sometimes it, with Disney introducing new properties like Artemis Fowl and Wrinkle in Time, they don't do very well. Well, Artemis Fowl is kind of an unproven property right now, but doesn't seem promising because it's already had its date moved again. So I don't, I don't know. I trust Pixar with this. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll let the future write itself. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I also think that this is the last John Lasseter joint to come out of Pixar because I think this is his contract is up in 2019 and he's leaving. Yeah, they're not bringing him back. Well, yeah, I mean... He got me tooed, and he said, I'm going to stay on, uh, but then I'm going to step down. So, okay. He had a good run, and but uh, let's move on to uh, another toy movie that has really just been uh, crushing the promotion game. Yeah. Uh, and that's Child's Play. Uh, another movie, honestly, that uh, I don't think we need it. I don't think we needed a reboot of it, but I'm not mad at it. It looks fun. So what are your thoughts on uh, Child's Play? Again, I didn't think it needed it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the original Child's Play, but I kind of understand why they made it, you know, because um, it's from the producers of it, and it was a largely successful reboot of a horror movie. So they said, what else can we do? Let's find Child's Play. And, um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not a big fan of it. I've never seen I haven't seen all of them. I've seen... 
bits and pieces of the original Child's Play. Didn't care for it. I've seen Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, and eh. Well, yeah, you're watching the bad ones. Yeah. You're seeing the, the trash ones. Uh, even the, the Cold of Chucky, which I know a lot of people love, um, I think they should have stopped after Child's Play 2, to be honest with you. Um, Child's Play 1, I loved uh, because I had the My Buddy doll in the 90s, and it was very, very close to resembling Chucky. And it left me with nightmares, but it was something like when that came out, I was the, the kid's age in Chucky, so I got it. I was I was excited for it. Um, it got worse as the franchise. Yeah carried on but that's all horror franchises uh multiple directors multiple stories different actors your child grows up and then doesn't look like the child anymore so you got to recast and you got to go back in time and then there's a soft reboot and then there's a you know sped up process i get it um horror is easy to kind of replicate because you don't have to have these 150 million dollar budgets it's a smaller budget so it's a high uh, low risk high reward kind of situation Especially with this one, because you're just you just got a doll. You know what I mean? He's running mm-hmm. around, he's killing people. I am very happy that they decided to kind of turn this into a future movie, where kind of speed it up with the time. I know you were frustrated with that, yeah. But I don't like it. kids aren't playing with dolls anymore, especially boys. They're not playing with plush dolls. So the only way to kind of bring that into today's culture and let it resonate with people is make it a an kind of like an AI where it's phone connected i like that it could have just been set in the 90s and people would have been like all right been there done that uh but you know i'm not mad at it i'm gonna see it i'm excited for it uh what do you think about um the premise like are you on board with the rebooting of it and the i buddy instead of my buddy all that stuff not really like i I don't know you know i'm not a big fan of this franchise so i wasn't really thinking it was needed um and i when they said that it was like, I do like the concept of the original, that it's this uh, serial killer kind of possesses this doll, which I thought was really cool. The eye buddy thing, I was like, oh. like, I get it, keeping up with the times, I understand, but I don't know, I kind of felt like it was a cheap way out. So, you know, it. I'm not super thrilled about this. I'll probably see it eventually. I don't think I'll see it in theaters, but, you know, I just, I'm kind of, you know, I, I don't care either way. Like, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I, I like the premise because it, although it's not a serial killer possessing the body, it could be a serial killer who infects the body with a, a nanovirus. And it, it, this may not be the only buddy that's controlled. We, you know, our phones can be hacked so quickly nowadays. Uh, you see Bella Thorne just got hacked and kind of took back her freedom by posting her own pictures. But our digital stuff isn't safe. It's not like unless you have like a crazy IP uh, v- VPN, a crazy security system on your phones and all this stuff, your information can be breached. And if you have a doll, we don't know. We like we never see that happen. You know what I mean? I think this is going to actually send people into a little bit of a hysteria because you're going to be like, oh, wait, my drones and my Alexa and Siri, they might attack me now. But I like what they're doing. It. I may be a little biased to it, though, because of the casting. Aubrey Plaza is the lead. She plays Karen Barclay. I'm 100% on board with it. The fact that she was in, she was uh, casting that already had me on the show or on the movie. So I was very excited for it. Uh, then they bring out, you know, Brian David Tyree or Brian Tyree Henry. I keep calling him Brian David Tyree. I don't even know who that is. But they added him and he plays Detective Mike Norris. I didn't know that casting until I just read it. I thought that they were going to be a couple. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that's a cool, cool little premise. I like Brian Tyree Henry, but I don't see him as a cop. No, neither do I. Um, although I do see him as like a Carl Winslow funny cop. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right, right? Or or from Police Academy. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right? I, I, I like that. Uh, you got Gabriel Bateman, who's going to play Andy Barclay. Um, Aubrey Plaza's son in the movie. She appears to be a single mother. I know they make a crack at it in the in the trailer where she's like, yeah, I have a kid. You know what I mean? I had a, I think it was like a lively sweet 16. I think that was cool. And then we got like two months ago, we got the announcement of who was playing. And it's it's the Joker himself, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that, like, because I was wondering, like, they already announced that Brad Dorf was not coming back. So it was like, all right, who are you going to cast? And they went big. Yeah. He's the biggest name on there. By far. And he's like, the thing, the fact of the matter is, is like, it's not that, oh, we got Luke Skywalker and he's going to appear in this. No, he's an iconic voice actor, too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's a, 
the Joker, he's somebody, he's like most people's favorite Joker because of the voice. Besides that, besides Mark Hamill being on there, are you cool with the cast like Aubrey Plaza being the lead and, you know, Brian Tyree Henry and all that? Yeah, you know, it's not the big stars, you know, probably out of anyone. Live action, she's the biggest star. Um, she's the biggest star in my heart. But, you know, have them, and then, you know, they dusted off Tim Matheson. I don't know yeah, where the hell he came from. But, you know, it's the cast is okay. It's kind of what I expected. You know, you're not getting these huge stars to play in this reboot. But, um, you know, I mean, honestly, like I said, Mark Hamill is the only thing that's drawing me to this movie. Yeah, I'm I'm being drawn for another reason, but it the cast kind of resembles Brightburn for me. Yeah, where it's that. you know recognizable faces you may not know their whole catalog of of stuff, and then you bring in like I feel like this kid's going to be just as good as the kid in Brightburn. I'm gonna say it here first. I'm he ex- might not I'm be as creepy because I don't think that's the his yeah demo. I don't think that's the demo they're going for. And like this is coming from a director named uh, Lars Klevberg. Yeah, great name. Uh, who, yeah, it's fantastic. He's got to be Swedish, right? He's Norwegian. Um, really doesn't have anything in his catalog that I've seen. He yeah, directed a two things called Polaroid. He did a short and then a movie, uh, which is out this year. And he did a short called The Wall. So it's an unproven director. Yeah. So maybe, you know, we get a fresher take on it. Uh, we get a more creative take. He's not exhausted by the IP. He's happy this is his big break. So he's got a lot to lose in this. Uh, I'm excited for it, man. Do you think this this is going to be a dud or a success? It's 69% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Oh, they finally announced it? Because as of last night, they didn't have anything. At uh, 2 o'clock when I was sitting on the toilet, they announced it was a 69%. I think it's going to be a dud. Really? Yeah, I, I do. Oh. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, whenever they try to reboot horror, like it, I think, was something rare. But when they yeah. try to do, you know, Friday the 13th and um, Night Nightmare on Elm Street, like, they weren't successful. But Halloween was. Halloween wasn't really a reboot, though. It was a sequel from, but it was, yeah. like, retconning everything. Yeah, but they, they were bringing back characters that you knew. And That's you know, true. It, it, it did well. And it continued the story. This is a complete reboot. And so yeah. was the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Like, they were all direct reboots. To where, like, another horror franchise that's going to be more like a a sequel soft reboot is Candyman coming out. Yeah. You know, but that's got it, Jordan Peele in it. Yeah, I think that's going to do well. But, yeah, you know, but that's the thing. It's more of a continuation because Tony Todd's in it. But to this is a complete reboot. It has nothing to do with the original. Um, I don't know. A lot of times when they do that, they, they're not proven successful. I don't think that this is going to be... A six hundred million dollar movie. No, by any stretch, no. uh, it's it's coming out at the absolute worst time. It's coming out against a Disney movie and yeah. right before a Disney movie, so it really doesn't have a, a chance to win its week. It's not going to be a box office flashback episode. No. However, I think that the people who are not Disney people and who aren't exhausted, and the people who are my age and don't have kids, are going to be like, I'm going to go see Chucky over Toy Story. For the first week. So I see this making a good amount of money. You got to remember, horror does very well in theaters. Uh, Happy Death Day did fantastic and got a sequel. You know what I mean? No one, like when I saw the premise for that, I was like, no one's going to go see this. Uh, Final Destination went through 90,000 of these movies. I think that this makes its budget. I don't think it warrants a sequel. I don't think we need this to become a franchise again. But I think this is going to be a happy little producer. It makes its budget. And it's going to be a fun movie. It's going to do so much better on DVD than in the box office, though. See, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a it's a bad time. Um, I think great time for horror movies is like January, February. Um, it seems to be, you know, when because nothing's out. out, nothing to com- compete against. Yeah, you know, it, when they come, it it does well. Um, I wonder but, why this wasn't a October release. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a horror movie, what what says horror but Halloween, not yeah. summer cookouts? Well, didn't Halloween last year come out like August? No, no. It came out in uh, late, uh, I think like October 16th. It came around right around the same time as uh, Venom. See, I thought it came out earlier. but No, um... no. It came out in August, in September. It was a, a fall release and Halloween. You can't, you can't make a movie called Halloween and put it out in October or in uh, July and August. That's bad for the brand. 
to go by what I was saying, like, I just think it's a, it's, it's a bad timing because like you said, you know, it going against Toy Story and, you know, next week, I don't think anything big comes out, but the following week is Spider-Man. So it's, you know, I think it was, it was poor timing. I, I think kind of why they did it is like you said, kind of the play, like, Oh, you know, people that don't have kids are going to come see this. Yeah, um, I will say the good. It's a good timing for their marketing department oh. because they've they've absolutely won the marketing war in this. Yeah, uh, Toy Story's put out some really good posters, but the posters that Child's Play has put out have been even better. Uh, and if you haven't seen him go on Child's Play's IMDb page and checked it out, but he's disintegrating. Buzz Lightyear, Woody's dismembered. Uh, Slinky Dog, Mr. Potato Head, Rex. What do you think about the footage and kind of like the promos that they've done? Uh, the footage looks good. You know, they're not. They're kind of keeping Chucky a little mysterious. You know, they're showing him a little bit, but not a whole, whole lot. Um, I think that's a good ploy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but the marketing itself is phenomenal. You know, um, my favorite one is when uh, him roasting the ass end of Slinky Dog over a campfire. Yeah, that's it's like a hot dog. I, I, like, the, I like the play on it. It's very, very cool. They definitely won the war uh, yeah. of marketing. They're not going to win the box office war. No. Um, do you think now you're not an Annabelle person, but do you think that this is going to be better than the new Annabelle that comes out the following week? Probably. Yeah, I, I think so too. And like, you got to think about it. Like we we've gone almost 50 minutes without mentioning this name, but of course she's in the movie that I segued into Vera Annabelle Fumiga. creation, Vera Famiga's in it. And, uh, I feel like that's a pretty big draw because it kind of connects more to the original story. So mm-hmm. it's going to have like, it might not even be the best horror movie in June. That's what I'm worried about. And, you know, that's kind of the trend for Aubrey Plaza's movies. They don't yeah. do ph- phenomenal, but they do well on like the second viewing, like on smaller screens. So I feel like that this, this is what it's going to do. I don't think it's going to tarnish the legacy of Child's Play. I think okay. it's going to be better than most of the shit that's come out. Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be a, a box office blockbuster. Nothing says blockbuster about no, this movie. And not. if it is, I will be greatly impressed and I'll be very happy because why not? You know, you want to see people succeed, people that you like in uh, movies succeed. So why not? Uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you, Chuck, what other toys do you think that you'd like to see get a movie? I kind of talked about this in our June episode is I'd love, and I think it would work a, my pet monster, um, kind of like horror movie okay now my pet monster was um had a direct video movie in 1985 and it also spun off into a one season animated show but um i love my my pet monster i carried it freaking everywhere um i didn't have my buddy because i thought it was creepy i'd rather have a monster that had handcuffs that tore apart you had siblings that's the difference yeah. I didn't have siblings growing up, so I needed one, and I got my buddy. Well, see, that's the thing. I had sisters, and they were scared of my monster because they were little. So I think that was another reason I liked it, to scare the crap out of them. Um, but I think it would I think it would be really cool to like a, like a horror movie. So Like kind of like in the vein of Banana Splits? Oh, my God. That looks so bad. <laughs> that looks so, want... so bad. It looks fantastic. I don't think we. I didn't think we were ever going to talk about that, and here oh, we are. It, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. I'd like to see a movie kind of like Small Soldiers again. I thought that, that was a lot of fun. I love like, Small ca- Soldiers. Yeah, it's it's a diamond in the rough. Um, I feel like if they're going to make any toy movies, I feel like it's going to be like uh, Pound Puppies or something. You know, or the Hatchimals. What are, aren't they a toy right now? Hatchimals. Yeah, I think they're a dying toy, but yeah. I feel like that that would be the toy to kind of like bridge the gap. Uh, I don't, you know, when I was thinking of toys, like we kind of got them all. Like my He-Man toys were turned into a movie and it seems like we're going to get another one. That Noah Centino kid, I saw him at the MTV Awards. He's getting really swole. So it seems like it's legit that he's going to be He-Man. We're getting, we got G.I. Joes. uh, We got Ninja Turtles. I would like to, well, we're going to get another Ninja Turtles. We got 9,000 Transformers ones. We just There's got a second trailer for Trolls. Yeah, yeah, because I'm so excited for Trolls. Uh, the Smurfs, California, maybe California Raisins, I had their toys. Yeah, I mean, they've been trying to make a um, Stretch Armstrong for years. 
yeah, I don't think that that's an IP that they should dust off. Do you know, for about six years ago, when he was at the height of his fame, they were trying to get Taylor Lautner to be Stretch Armstrong. Why don't they just skip the idea for a Stretch Armstrong movie and just focus on Fantastic Four? (laughs) If you want to see Stretch Armstrong, just go to The Flash and watch Ralph Dibney. Plastic Man. Yeah, you, you well, you, I mean, we have Elongated Man already, so yeah, I mean, that's the I could see Funko getting into movies and making like a whole pop thing, but I don't think that that would resonate well. I'm trying to think. Oh, Street Sharks! I want a Street Shark series, dude. The uh, I was at our favorite comic book shop, Crossroads, and when I was there uh, two weeks ago, they were um, putting out Street Sharks toys that someone traded in. Yep, Street Sharks should be a series. And like SWAT cats, I think that would be a really cool series as well. You remember SWAT cats, huh? Thundercats should actually be a movie. Well, DreamWorks already has that IP, and I've seen what they've done to the animation. I don't want to see them live action that. Oh, oh, Beast Wars. I'd like to see Beast Wars. That's a Transformers kind of wars for years. Yeah, it's Transformers, but in animals, and I think that's awesome. And if that bridges the gap into them realizing that they need to make Transformers kind of like what they did in Bumblebee, then it works for me. But those those are the toys. There's a, I'm sure there's a lot of toys that other people want to see. And for that, they could contact us in social media, the Active Geek on Instagram, Active Geek underscore on Twitter, uh, Active Geek on Facebook, support the network. That's Galaxy Wars podcast, Binks and the Beards uh, podcast. Box Office Flashback Podcast, support our cosplayer, AG Cosplay. Check out all of her Black Canary pictures at AG Cosplay on Instagram. You can support Chuck, Chuck underscore The Active Geek on Instagram. Support his other po- podcast that we talked about, Box Office Flashback. Go to our website, activegeekproductions.com, and we'll be back here next week with a fantastic Spider-Man Far From Home episode. Yes. And then we got the July episode coming up. We also have an interview that's going to be coming out yep. soon with uh, Source Print source point press writer frank gogol which i'm very excited for and um yeah we support us on patreon www.patreon.com slash active geek and uh for the active geek podcast i'm jim i'm chuck and we will see you next week